Hey everyone, welcome to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. And in today's episode, we're talking pain awareness through breathing relief. That's right. It's a little bit different method of helping your body understand its full potential. It's an holistic approach that works through your own nervous system. And it's something that as runners, taking that hard impact on the trails, knee joints, hip joints, feet, whatever it is, something we probably should look into a little bit more. And to get a little bit better understanding of this, I've brought her a very special guest. She is the founder of the PABR Institute, which we'll get into in a second. A breathing and pain specialist, speaker, author, and an ultra marathoner herself. So please welcome Dr. Amy Novotny. Well, help me turn the turn in. Thank you so much for having me on, Jeff. I'm excited to be here and I love talking running. So oh, yeah, yeah, so it's it's kind of cool. Like when we, uh, when I started kind of doing the research on this and, and we first kind of got connected, I was like, oh, I, I want to learn a little bit more about it. So it's really cool how uh, this is a completely different technique. I've never had any experience with, never mm-hmm. heard of it whatsoever. And I, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's a lot of runners out there who haven't had to experience this as well. So mm-hmm. it's really kind of cool. And I'm, I thank you for coming on the the episode today and, and talking about it a little bit. So I want to, I want to first get into it because you're an ultra marathoner. Mm-hmm. And so you've done a couple 100 milers. Is that right? Yes. 200 so, milers so far. So which, which ones have you had a chance to do? So my first one was the across the years in Arizona, the Arapaipa running um, yeah. race. So it was a, I did it as a 24 hour race and I, it was five weeks after I completed an Ironman. I figured I was trained up to do something for a long <laughs> period of time. So why not try a hundred miler, try to get it under 24 hours. And, um, I hadn't, I'd done a 50 K earlier in the year and that was my first ultra marathon. And then I didn't do anything until I ran for 24 hours straight and did in 23 and change and, um, made it and did a couple extra miles. And then, you know, there is kind of that stigma in the racing world. Well, you haven't done a true ultra until you've done it on the mountain. So then in (laughs) 2017, I'm like, okay, kind of buckle up and do it in the mountains. So I did the cold water rumble and uh, that was a little bit slower. So it was just over, just under 30, 30 hours. And I had run a very fast marathon six days beforehand. So I went into it pain-free but just a little bit sleepy. So I ran as fast as I could to requalify for Boston in the Arizona rock and roll. And then six days later, I did the cold water rumble 100 miler and um, I was fine. I was fine. I was just sleepy going into it. Just kind of overall, just, okay, I've used my body, but no pain, no soreness, no issues like that at all. So. <laughs> and how, how long have you uh, been trail running then? So I guess it would be, let's see. 2013 was my first ultra and, um, that was that 50 miler at the beginning of the year. And I didn't know anything about 
really trail running or ultras too much other than I like to hike and, you know, play on trails, yeah. but I was like, okay, time to actually get into including some mountains in my races and runs. I commend you for, uh, jumping right into trail running with an ultra race. So that's, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, typically yeah. I, I would tell people to, Hey, start, start a little bit lighter and go with a half marathon first or heck yeah. even, a, <laughs> even a, uh, even a 10 K or a full marathon, but no, just let's just jump right into the ultras. We'll just do it from there and, and see how it goes. So Absolutely. I commend <laughs> you for that. <laughs> what was, uh, out of the, out of the two races you've done, I mean, do you, uh, what would be like one of your best, uh, memories or best experiences that, uh, you have from one of those races or what, what you've taken from either one of those events that kind of got you to this point now? So either for, for either the hundreds and I've done a hundred K actually, I'd probably say the hundred K I did it. Um, so the cold water rumble was, um, in January or let's say January of 2017, uh, four weeks later, I did the black Canyon hundred K and that actually was probably more memorable than the cold water rumble. Cold water rumble was, was awesome and great. You know, I was very sleepy. So at times I did a specific squatting and breathing, uh, mechanism to help me get out of some issues, you know, issues or pain that had cropped up. But four weeks later, I did the black Canyon 100 and it's a very notorious race for the weather conditions. Mm-hmm. It was four days of absolute torrential rains. They actually had to change the race, you know, a day or two beforehand because some of the rivers were supposed to cross were the, the floodwaters were too great and too dangerous. So, but it was still a horrible horrible weather race. And, you know, we experienced cold weather and rain and um, mud. So people were losing their shoes, which people in other parts of the country are very familiar with those types of conditions. But in Arizona, we're not trained for that, especially on these (laughs) types of mountains. Yeah. Because we're going up and down mountains in those types of conditions. And there was hail and sleet and everything. And I had severe hypothermia and I really had to work on calming myself down. I mean, there were points in the race towards the end where it was cold. It was nighttime and I'm, I was okay with dying. <laughs> it was really okay when, <laughs> could I just curl up on the sides of the, uh, the slush mud pit that I was walking through and I was truly okay with ending my life and saying, you know what, I've always said, I want to finish my time on this world, you know, on a race or doing something out in nature. So I was really okay with it, but I, I used the breathing methods to keep myself as calm as possible and just one step forward and, you know, celebrating the little wins of getting somewhere. So I, um, was really, really, uh, happy to get through that race. And, you know, one thing we know with ultras, it's all, a it's a mind game and it's oh, yeah. mental toughness and getting through it. And if we can do things to calm our nervous system, to free up our mind, it helps us get that much further. It helps us, you know, even with our speed, with any pains that crop up and even our recovery. Yeah, so. I totally agree with that. So with, with all this being said, um, I, I do want to get into the, the breathing technique, like you said. So you are the, the founder, the PABR Institute. Mm-hmm. I, I want to express the ABR in there because it's not to be confused with PBR Institute uh-huh. trail runners because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, trail runners yes. and beer go hand in hand. So not PBR, <laughs> yes. PABR. So yes. what, so how, when did you, when did you found it? And then what, what is the Institute itself? 
I founded it back in the end of 2018. I had just, I was hired to travel around the world to keep a guy out of a a couple different surgeries. So once I came back from that, I decided to start helping people on a, on a wider scale. I, before I was working in a clinic, just helping people very locally. And I decided, you know what, I need to start teaching this method to other people. And so basically we're taking people out of pain, whatever their pain is, if it's physical, mental, emotional, stress-wise, all of that into relief using awareness, training, and breathing. And so we want to shift people and it can be happen very quickly. It um, We can shift them and get them out of their nervous system habits, whether it's stress-related, we can get their pain to really resolve. And then we use this breathing technique so they can feel what's going on and they feel the relief. And it, I literally do this in the middle of my runs to keep myself out of pain. And I'll even in ultras, I'll even, I see someone hurting on the side of the, the trail. I'll even stop, say, Hey, I want you to do this squat, breathe like this, do this for about five minutes. When you get up, if your quad's still cramping, I want you to feel your heel and blow out at the same time. And I'll have comments later. Oh my gosh, that worked. So this is something I employ in the middle of a run because, you know, we may fall. I I did it in Zane Gray as 40 miles into the race, tripped and fell over a a tree root, busted up my knee, stood up. I'm like, okay, that hurt. You know, my knee's bleeding all over. And I just started breathing, calmed my nervous system down, got my ribs to drop down, felt my belly relax, tailbone relax. And then I started walking and doing this breathing. And then sure enough, the pain started going away. I was able to jog. And by the end, I sprinted the, the, at the very end, made it through the last 10 miles, sprinted the very end of the race, totally fine. And so got up the next day, practiced the breathing. Again, really calm, working on calming down my nervous system. Because if you think about it, as trail runners, we're doing a lot of back-to-back activity, a lot of back-to-back ramping ourselves up. We need to have time calming ourselves down. And there's one aspect we talk about all the time is recovery, but it's more than just recovery physically by doing, you know, walking or hiking or cycling or cross training. It's actually the nervous system within you calming that down and feeling your muscles release something called sympathetic tone, which is basically your muscles contracting without your awareness. That's separate from you contracting it, you know, with your awareness. But if we can reduce those muscles contracting so they're not just frozen on, which tends to happen with trail runners, you can start to release them. The muscles go back to the resting position. It stops the abnormal pull on your joints that you don't know how to control, that you're not aware of. And so that's how you can get your joints and different body parts out of pain very quickly. So from your perspective, so did you, uh, how did you become aware of this method yourself to apply to some of your races? So I, I, my doctor in physical therapy, I had already switched out of doing traditional physical therapy into looking at asymmetries in the trunk that affect our movement and started touching on breathing. And so I started then I was training to qualify for the Boston Marathon on a treadmill. I was running eight miles, three times a week on a treadmill. And I decided to start playing with my breathing pattern. There's a lot of type of breath work out there. There's Wim Hof breath work, which ramps you up to be able to handle cold temperatures to drop you back down. There is, there's box breathing. That's more rhythmical. There's Bucheco. There's all these different types of breath work out there. And I wanted to approach it from a scientific and physiological point of view. How, why first Why breath work? Why is that important? Well, if you use your diaphragm, 
it can actually stimulate your vagus nerve, which calms you down which releases that, those muscles that, that feel tight. We think the muscles are tight because we've overworked them, but a lot of it's because of the nervous system that ramped up. So if we can relieve the nervous system, the muscles relax. So it's, an, it's a way to approach your body issues from inside. And so I wanted to get my breathing to really maximize my ability to release the muscles. And so I started playing with it while I was on the treadmill. And I realized when I changed my rib cage position and matched it up with my breathing in a certain way, all the muscles just released and I, just, and I got rid of all the tightness in my body. I got off the treadmill and I was like, wow, I don't feel any aches. I don't feel tightness. I don't need to stretch. And that's when I started shifting it. So it was actually running that contributed to me developing this technique. And so of course I was thinking, okay, was this something that everyone knows about? Or is this something that I just stumbled on? And so I played on it and see on myself for a while to see if I could reproduce it. And then I started playing on other people mm -hmm. people who came to see me for chronic pain, whether it was athletes or not. I started playing with them and say, okay, can you try this? And they could all of a sudden feel their, feel themselves relax and release muscles that were tight, but they couldn't feel before. And so then I started implementing it in races and I actually started teaching other people. And I had a couple people that I helped them do a, a 50 miler pain free. And then I helped pace someone do the Leadville 100. And I went through the middle of the night run with them from mile 50 to 76 up and down, you know, 12, six to um, peaks. And in the middle of night, I'm saying, okay, we're just going to calm you down. We're going to keep just working on what we're teaching. We're just going to keep calming you down. Let's squat in the middle of the forest up, you know, up near the top. And we're going to hold onto a tree and just get your nervous system to calm down. And every time they were having trouble, it got them back to running again, because this process, it really shifts you out of that heightened state by calming your nervous system, it releases your muscles. It gets you back wow. into neutral. So your bones stop pinching together and impinging and boom, your pain goes away. So this, so this is what led to uh, you creating the PABR Institute. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Got it. Um, you know, it's, it's great. Like you always hear of uh, people always saying, Hey, just calm down, take a deep breath, you know? So this almost kind of like it adds another layer onto that. Hey, just stop and, Take it in just for a second and and take that deep breath, calm yourself down, count to 10, whatever it needs to be. Like this, this adds on that whole entire another level of of uh, breathing to help relieve the stress of everything. So it's kind of mm -hmm. cool. Um, you know, when it comes to like runners, you said you, you were asking your um, clientele to just try this method out. Is this is this something that a runner can should be doing before they go off on a, a training run or a race, or is it something that you see that's a little bit more beneficial, you know, during and even after? Like Actually all three, all yep. three. So I say before a race, you know, you kind of get those nervous jig jitters and that work on it to calm you down so that your muscles don't tighten up as you start. So uh, I don't even, I don't, stretch. I just practice the breathing and move around because I want my muscles to work in the state they are. I don't want to try to stretch something out and lengthen something that it's not prepared for doing that and then start to use it in a run. So I breathe instead to help calm me down and it allows my muscles to relax and I can feel that happen. So they're relaxing and it's a natural process. Then in the middle of the run, you can practice this as well. Let's say you feel like you're getting 
left knee pain, you know, front of the knee pain, and you're in the middle of the run. And so you want to change your breathing pattern so that as you blow out, your ribs are dropping down, you're relaxing your belly button. So it comes out instead of sucking in, but you want it to come out as you hit your heel on the ground and feel your hamstrings kick in. And then after a few minutes of doing that, my pain goes away. And people I've taught, their pain goes away. There's a process to it and a learning process of learning how to let your ribs drop down, your belly come out as you blow out. And so then, you know, you're in the middle of the race, anything that crops up, there's different things you want to focus on to get you out of pain. And then afterwards, after any race I do, I am going to squat as long as I can get there in a safe position or sit with my knees higher than my my hips. And I practice breathing to neutralize everything about my body and allow the muscles to calm down. So I go through this whole process as shifting my body. Does the techniques vary between your your pre your pre-race or your pre-training run to during and after? Is there different steps in each category or is it something that you can use the same the same three or four to five basic steps to, to help out with each, each mm-hmm. area. There's some commonalities in it, but there's a different purpose for each of them. So there's a different look for all of them. So before a race, I may not squat all the way down. Sometimes I do, but I use the breathing as I move around and depending on my body, If I know I have tight calves, I'm going to do something specific. If I know I have back pain, I'm going to do something specific or back tightness. It depends on each individual person, but the breathing part of it is the same. So there's different techniques based on what your body is saying. During the race, I'm going to practice the specific breathing method during the race to keep me in neutral. If something crops up like right foot pain, I'm going to address it differently by thinking, okay, as I breathe out, I want to feel this muscle kick in on my left side to alleviate the pain on my right foot. So it depends on where your pain crops up, but you can still just practice the same breathing prophylactically. So you're not, so the pains don't crop up. And it's not like I'm practicing that breathing all the time. It's periodically, you know, maybe once an hour, once a half hour, I'm like, okay, I need to focus on my breathing, make sure I'm calm and in neutral. And then, you know, after a few minutes, I'll get distracted by a cactus or whatever. And then after the brace, it's typically in a squatting position, trying to get myself as close to a fetal position as possible to allow myself to let go. It, it depends. So when uh, so there's so there's going to be runners that listen to this and, and they're going to take notes and everything else. But when you're out on the trail or you're getting ready to do a race, mm-hmm. you, know, you always kind of start forgetting steps or forgetting yeah. things. So are there... Are there like, you know, two or three things that you could just, you, you would tell runners like, Hey, if you forget everything else about positions of, of mm-hmm. you know, and breathing, what would be some of those like, uh, situations you'd want to like, okay, you need to focus on this, this, and this, right. To mm-hmm. make sure that you at least get to that point where you can start calming yourself down. Sure. So I'll give them, I'll give you four steps, kind of little things. You want to breathe in through your nose, just pause a second, blow out through your mouth and let your belly come out. Then pause for a couple seconds before you breathe in. So one of the biggest things that you can do to get yourself to relax is let your belly button come out as you exhale. So your rib cage can drop down and you can then feel this wave of relaxation. And you might even 
once you're skilled at this, you can feel your back let go. You can feel your hips open up and let go. And all of a sudden you're like that coyote in the roadrunner where the roadrunner's legs are moving in the body. It's just chilling. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you feel like because now you have freedom in your hips and your pelvis. So the key is blow out and let your belly come out. Do not suck it up and in. When you suck up and in, your rib cage is going to elevate. You're going to decrease use of your diaphragm and it's going to tighten you up. So you want to do the exact opposite belly oh. out as you blow out. Oh, okay. Something you don't really think about. It's kind of one of those against the grain type of <laughs> type of things. So yep, it really is. Um, how does it work? So if I'm, if I want to, if I'm doing a mobility day, um, mm -hmm. is this something that you could incorporate while you're doing mobility, um, at the same time? Absolutely. So I incorporate this with all different types of exercises and movements. And so a lot of what I do is to increase people's mobility. When, if let's say you really like to stretch, let's say that's just your thing and you really like to stretch. One, do not push into pain. Just give yourself a little bit of tension and then you want to incorporate the specific breathing technique into the stretching. Same thing with movements. You want to be able to incorporate this type of breathing into whatever movement you're doing to help you sense whatever muscles you want to work and you want to feel the other ones relax. So there's always a purpose to it. It's not just, we're going to sit here and breathe. It's an actual purpose of you want to connect to your nervous system. Ultimately, if you want to increase your movement, your nerves control your muscles. They tell your muscles whether to contract, which makes it feel like it's tight to you. If you go to move the opposite direction, or they tell the muscles to relax. So let's say you feel like you have tight hamstrings. Your tight hamstrings are likely, most often than not, related to you being ramped up and your pelvis being tipped forward. And I can prove this with people time and again, I'll put them on their back and I say, okay, we're going to teach you how to breathe differently and let your low back relax, let your belly come out. And all of a sudden they can do, a, they can lift their leg 15, 20, 30 degrees more than they could before without touching their hamstrings. Because your nervous system controls your muscles, your muscles control your bones in your position. So you calm down the nervous system that gives you more mobility in your muscles because the muscles relax to the resting state. They can now contract and generate more strength. They can also learn how to relax and make you feel more flexible. I, I like the sound of that. That's <laughs> as a, as a very tight individual, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> um, this is something that uh, I know I personally could, <laughs> could use yeah. for sure. Let's look at the Institute as a whole. Now, mm -hmm. are you sure. like, what, what kind of clientele do you normally see do you see people that are i mean i'm sure you see athletes but uh, mm -hmm. you know when it comes to the everyday individual right you mm -hmm. know, people sitting at their offices for you're sitting at their desk yeah. for eight hours or mm -hmm. people with chronic back pain or whatever i mean is that you're, you're kind of seeing the the wide variety of, of individuals at the institute right Absolutely. So I do this actually virtually with people all over the world. Oh, cool. So sometimes I'll see, like I've seen a few, you know, NFL players in person, but I also work with anyone and everyone. I mean, sometimes it's people with chronic pain, people who want to avoid a rotator cuff surgery that just tore ACL tear people who want to avoid joint replacements. They see people who work, people who are retired. They see kids with ADHD, people with just stress and anxiety or trauma and abuse. All of it's all related to this fight or flight nervous system. And so I see everyone in uh, you know, everyone at all. And I do this virtually through Zoom and record it. So I give them a recording so they know exactly what to do in practice, which 
is helpful because a lot of times when you are seen in person, you go away with a great, I feel better. Okay. I'm not really sure what I need to do, Yep. but with this through zoom and doing it virtually one, I'm not doing it to a person. I'm teaching them what to do to themselves. And they're going through all these different positions and breathing and, and movements and exercises, and they're changing themselves and they are doing it to themselves. So that's the beauty of it. But it's, Everyone that you can think of that has some type of pain, physical, mental, emotional, I work with them to free up their body because you want a free flowing body and to exist. Well, I will, um, in the show notes for everybody listening in, I will make sure to put Amy's information and the, yeah. the Institute's information mm-hmm. in there. So in case you want to contact Amy um, to talk about uh, how to help out with your breathing techniques, uh, we'll make sure to get that information in there. So Amy, I... I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me today about it. It's it's been really cool to listen to it. And I definitely want to take advantage of this information myself and put that towards some of my training and some of my running and stuff. So I, I, again, appreciate you sharing all your information. And if anybody does have any questions, um, again, everything will be in the show notes and you can reach out to Amy directly and, and she'll be happy to help you out. One more thing. I do offer free 15 minute consults. So if people aren't sure, I have a lot of free resources out there and do guided breathing that they can reach out to me. Just send me an email and mention your podcast, amy at paberinstitute.com. And I will gladly do free 15 minute consults with all of your listeners. Whoever wants to take advantage of it. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Amy. I really appreciate all your time and, and all the information you gave us. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening in on another episode of the Trail Life Podcast. That was Dr. Amy Novotny talking about how special breathing techniques will help you understand some pain awareness and how that affects your nervous system, your muscles, how it affects your trail running, your your racing. So it was really cool to sit there and listen to some of her expertise and some of her knowledge. Um, And it goes to show you, take a step back, take some deep breaths, and that really helps us understand how to manage some of that pain as we're going through it. So uh, I know I'll be able to take a little bit of that information and run with it in my own training. Uh, I hope you can too. If you do have any questions, uh, as Amy said, she is doing 15-minute consultations for any of my listeners. And uh, her information will be in the show notes for uh, you to contact. So uh, again, everybody, thanks for listening in. Appreciate it. Thank you to uh, Dr. Amy Novotny for joining me. And I will see you out on the trails real soon. Music for the Trail Life podcast was provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. Matt Meyer.